Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. On 9-11, our nation made a commitment to never forget. Since then, it's been the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honoring those words with action. So many people gave their lives while saving others on 9-11. Tunnel to Towers carries forward that legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. And welcome back to the High Low Sports Podcast. It is DJ joined by Kelsey. Continuing our countdown to NFL kickoff with predictions going division by division. This week, we are visiting the AFC and the NFC South, bringing in the Super Bowl champions and a couple of playoff teams out of the AFC South as well, too. And that's where we're going to go first is check in with our AFC South predictions brought to you by Dr. Squash. Smell like a man, feel like a champion. Catch that Star Wars limited edition soap as well, too. Click the link in our bio. You won't regret as well, too. So, Kelsey. How do you have the AFC South shaken out? A couple of playoff teams last year, the number one overall pick, and a very questionable quarterback situation as well. So this division is not short on storylines whatsoever. Well, you know, I made sure to scrub down with my wisdom watch before we started recording this, my Star Wars wisdom watch to get the, the wisdom of Yoda for these picks. <laughs> uh, hopefully they don't prove me wrong, obviously. <laughs> but at number four, right at the basement where, well, no surprise really. I struggle to find wins for these guys. Uh, the Houston Texans, there's a lot happening in Houston, and none of it is good. <laughs> and honestly, I I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, if Deshaun plays, it's still not good because you don't have any weapons. If he doesn't play, that's even worse because you have no quarterback, and you have no defense. You have no – there is not a lot of positives to ever look at for this Houston Texans team. And and it's just going to stay that way. Coaching staff's not good. It's it's a struggle, absolute struggle right now in Houston. Um, I have them finishing three and fourteen, and those three games were because they went up against somehow a worse team, hmm. uh, which very rarely happened. Um, but yeah, that's I don't. If Deshaun plays, he wins. He might win a game just out of his sheer arm talent and ability. That'd be the only reason why, um, and that's. I honestly, there's, there's not a lot I can talk about with Houston just because they are so bad all around. It's, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point in time. Houston, you are the problem. Houston, you are the problem. Exactly. Uh, so number three, the Jacksonville Jaguars at six and 11. Okay. So, Trevor Lawrence quit pent six times in their win total from last year. Huh? Yeah. You know, I, I have them, have them looking good offensively. Obviously James Robinson, Let's not forget the story he had last year. He is splitting time, however, 
in the backfield, uh, Travis Etienne is also getting some burn out there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I think also Carlos Hyde is considered their co-starter during all of this, which what? Uh, James, it should be James Robinson, Travis Etienne. That should just be that. Should just but, be James Robinson and then Travis Etienne play receiver like Madden has them and then occasionally gets meant around some Percy Harvin style stuff. But we'll see what they plan on doing with that. You can never maybe Travis Etienne plays quarterback. Who knows at this point? <laughs> well, speaking of quarterback, uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence obviously has a plethora of weapons to throw there with DJ Shark being the number two option now. And obviously a lot of people, if you're a fantasy owner, you're probably not going to want to own DJ Shark because you don't know how well this team can hold up, but I do think he's going to be a high quality player for the team. I just don't know how well he'll do fantasy football wise, (laughs) (laughs) but for the team, I think he's going to help out a lot. Um, Obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a fantastic quarterback. I'm not going to take anything away from quarterbacking style. Urban Meyer, I have a lot of questions about, though, for an NFL head coach. He's used to doing things his way in the college level. And when you get to the level where every player on your team is a professional first, and then they're a football player, if that makes sense. Like, when it comes down to it, it is business first in the NFL. You know, when 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 you're in the office, when you're in the locker room, that is business first. How well he can handle a team thinking business wise, not thinking, I need to win for a national championship for my own legacy. Like you don't, you don't do your job for your own legacy in the NFL. It's no longer about your legacy. It's about contracts. It's about money. It's it's at the end of the day, it is a money game. You're not dealing with kids anymore. You're dealing with men now. Yeah. So these guys have their own opinion. They have their own families. They have their own time. It's not like you were in college anymore. And as it is, he doesn't have the best track record in college either with teams. Uh, Personally, why like with, when you have a lot of college kids come out and talk about when they played for urban Meyer, they're like, yeah, he was great on game days. Mm. And that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, we'll see what he's able to do in the NFL. He did build a decent staff around him, uh, But you know, that's after some things happened <laughs> with his initial so, staff. Yeah. It wasn't exactly a smooth sailing so far. It's been a rock. It's been a rocky road and we haven't even got to their first preseason game yet. Exactly. So, you add it, you, you you know, you have Miles Jack there. You did just get rid of Joe Schubert. Um, so that, in my opinion, I think that hurts. He is just a stall. He's like a Paul Puzlesny was for the Jaguars, where he's just there to go make tackles and, and just kind of hold your team together, be the quarterback of the defense. And you got rid of that now. So that's going to hurt. Um, obviously, you still have Josh Allen, the pass rusher. That doesn't hurt at all, though. That's That looks pretty nice. Uh, C.J. Henderson still looks good on the outside. If they don't end up trading him like they're talking about doing, we'll see yeah. how that plays out. Like, I don't know what kind of mess is going on there. Exactly. So there's a lot of question marks in Jacksonville, but I do think despite all that, they win six games, and that's two of those games are guaranteed because they're going up against Houston. They're a better team than Houston is on paper. They should win those games. I think the only chance they have of losing one of those two games is if they trade everybody away and, and Sean happens to be that. This is one game that he wins by his arm talent. Um, that's that's about it. And so 6-11 and 11 should be pretty feasible for this Jaguars team. Uh, but anything more than that, I'd, I'd be kind of surprised for sure. Uh, so moving ahead, number two, last year's playoff or AFC champion. I, yeah, AFC champion, a- Tennessee Titans, or sorry, not AFC, AFC South champion. My apologies. Mm-hmm. I misworded that AFC South champion. Uh, they are going to finish number two, 10 and seven. You add Julio Jones, but you lose your offensive coordinator. 
he goes to Atlanta to, to, to be the new head coach there. So that's going to change some things. Uh, you lose Corey Davis, but I mean, that's when you improve it with getting Julio, you're A-OK with it. It's a fair trade-off. Yeah. The one thing that's going to hurt, though, I, I think this is probably a big part, is losing Jonu Smith. Uh, he was a safety blanket for Ryan Tannehill. He used him a lot. But you still have the man, the myth, legend, Derrick Henry. Uh, King Henry will literally run through everything to get through it to get the ball in the end zone he doesn't care he he's, looks even better coming in like the man is a off-season machine he gets himself ready for all he could play 30 games if you ask him to he'd be ready to play all 30 of them uh back to back if he needed like he doesn't he is just that kind of a monster when it comes to getting ready for the season so he's never a question for me uh the offensive line though i have a lot of questions there hey <laughs> coming off of injury how good can he do uh, you know, outside of that, like, what else you got? Hmm. <laughs> you got Ben Jones at center, which, okay, cool. You got Ben Jones at center. But what else other than that? I don't see a whole lot there. Um, so there's there's some question marks on that offense. The defense, I don't know what happened to, to the defense last year, but it was not the defense they were expecting. And they had probably one of the better corners drafted in Caleb Farley, but We'll see how he can do. He's still a rookie corner. <laughs> you know and I mean? you don't you don't have Malcolm Butler there with him either, too. No Dory Jackson. Like you have no veteran, you don't have a whole lot of veteran leadership there to help him. Like, yikes. Yeah. I mean, you still have Kevin Byard, who is still a threat to literally steal the ball away from absolutely anybody at any point in time. You throw it near him. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's he can't cover the entire at. field as good as he is. He's not covering the entire field by himself now. So I mean, like, it's 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 tough sledding out there for the Titans, but I do have him finishing 10 and 7. So, I mean, they're there. They do hmm. make the playoffs, but they make it in a wild card position. So, I, I just think when you look at it, Derrick Henry's too much to stop for one team. The offense will get them some wins. It may not be in their own division, but it will be outside of the division. I have them losing both games to the Colts. Um, but outside of that, they, they beat Jacksonville twice. They beat Houston twice. Surprising nobody hmm. in that situation. Um, and then you just got to piece together six wins and in their schedule, they can piece together six wins pretty easily. Uh, so that takes me to number one and it's the Indianapolis Colts. And honestly, their biggest hole right now is will Carson Wentz play week one, week two, or week three. I don't care how much Carson Wentz plays. You're not going to get Carson Wentz that threw 20 some odd interceptions. (laughs) It's not going to be that Carson Wentz because you're not going to need him to throw that many times. You, You have an offensive line. You have a three-headed monster in the backfield. You have possession receivers that are fast. And you have a defense that is just... Top 10. Ouch. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that defense. You add Quiddy Pay to that defense, and that's that's exactly what you need. You need somebody to take a little bit of the pressure off to force Buckner inside. Quiddy Pay can do that around the edge. You also... I mean, Darius Leonard, fantastic. Uh, the recently paid Darius Leonard, too. Uh, there's not a thing I could say about Darius Leonard that ha- that we haven't said on this podcast mm. again previously, but Darius Leonard is that guy. Pay like I'm glad he got paid. I still think he could have got paid more. But you're one of the. You might be the only person I've heard who actually said that. Everyone else keeps saying he's overpaid. So you might be the first person to say he could have got paid more. We're also the the, the few people that mm-hmm. believe that Darius Leonard has been the best linebacker in the league since he's walked into the league. But you know. Say I say, say less, say less. I'll say less. I'll say mm-hmm. less. No, no, I, I get you. I see it. I see it. No, I, I see what you're saying too. And I, I think it's very interesting too. They, how, what'd you say the record was? 11 and six or 12? No, and five? 13 and four is where I have the Colts. 13 and four. Okay. So you have them competing for that number one, two seed area. Yeah. And 
Look, I'm doing. I'm. I'm not even like. I can go through this team and I can talk about every single Jonathan Taylor's second year. Fantastic. He was a top three running back last year. He's going to be even better this year. Marlon Mack, who I talked about last year, if he stayed healthy, would have held that job ahead of Jonathan Taylor through at least week 10. He would have been there, but unfortunately he got injured. He is back again on a hometown deal to go prove himself. And he's going to go out there and have a fantastic season because Carson Wentz, all he needs to do, if he's going to throw a pass to Marlon Mack is just say, hike, Take one step back, look to his right, and just say, hi, Marlon. Go hmm. run that 50 yards downfield. Thanks. Go spinning into the end zone like the top you are. Hmm. I don't care. Like, go do your thing. He Carson Wentz's job is so easy this season. So easy. He doesn't have to throw it outside of the numbers like Lamar does. Carson Wentz can just exist in the three seconds between hiking the ball and either passing it to a dump-off wide-open receiver or handing it off or pitching it. To one of his fantastic running back back there, and I am including Naeem Hines in this because everybody's going to forget about him, the small kid, but he's a fantastic re- running back. He is all speedy. And let's not forget what he can do in the return game. He is a and he fantastic led the team player. in receptions last year too. Yeah, like any, you need him anywhere on the field, he'll do it all. And you have Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, you can do it all. Uh, and then I'm not even counting Kenny Moore, who is the best slot corner in the game, should be a top five corner if you included slot corners, but he is purely a slot. So I'm going to keep him there. Julian hmm. Blackman no longer has a has a offseason where he's injured during that. Like he has a full offseason this year. And he was fantastic coming off the ACL injury with no offseason last year. I there's no reason on paper this Colts team shouldn't be shouldn't finish at the top of the AFC South. And I actually have them finishing first in the AFC overall with you that 34 finished, record. They just edge out on tiebreakers. Okay, but, so okay, you're you're fault. You're you're in for the shoe. You are for the shoe. It sounds like, dude. I had like this is such a lock on paper, and this is what's going to get me in trouble. Is it's on paper. It's a lock. Here's what I'll ask you too. So the Carson Wentz it says he's tracking for week one. Let's hypothetically say it's a little bit tough. He doesn't get back to week three. If I'm looking at their schedule right, they play Seattle week one, the Rams week two, the Titans week three. Do you think with Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger they could? win one if not two maybe how many of those games do you think they could win with those guys who have been hit or miss it so far let's say he misses all three of those games i say the colts get out of that they could get out of that comfortably two and one losing to the rams but i think conservatively i'd say they get out of that one and two which is fine that is still a-okay i think they beat the seahawks no matter what because their run game is perfect for facing against the Seahawks, who has a struggling... Everywhere besides Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams, really. Yeah, just a struggling defensive line is just all I'm... Like, boom. And then on top of that, if I'm not mistaken, that game's played in Seattle. It's an indie. where Jacob Eason played his college games at. And Jacob Eason had a fantastic college career in Washington Mm -hmm. after transferring from Georgia. It's actually in Indianapolis, too, so he gets to play in a dome with that team, Oh, never mind. I was gonna say you were hoping to say the hometown kid comes home. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say if he goes, if he gets to go go to Washington to to return home, he was a Washington State leader in passing in high school. Like it would be, it's still gonna be a a beautiful story if Jacob Easton plays against Seattle. He's gonna beat him no matter what. Hmm. Like oh yeah, the hometown kid beats the hometown team. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter where he plays him at. But it's gonna be the running game that gets him those wins. Okay, that makes sense. I'll add a question to that too before we go into mine as well. You said Carson Wentz literally has the one. Do you think he has the easiest quarterbacking job in the league maybe? And it, you said he doesn't even have to throw outside the numbers. Do you think he's going to have to? Because last year they were able to win 11 games. 
with Philip Rivers throwing it to Naeem Hines three yards every play, never throwing it outside the numbers. They brought in Carson to throw it outside. Do you think Carson might have the easiest job in the league? Or do you think for his skill set and with along with everything else, it's going to look like the easiest job? I think it's the second easiest job in the league. Uh, number one is a guy we're going to talk about here in a, in a minute hmm. on the other side. Uh, but you know what? I think he has the second easiest job. Maybe, maybe third if you include Patty in this conversation, just because. But Patty's arm strength is insane. I think. I think for worrying about Carson for what he has, he's had his issues in the past. It's not going to be an issue. I, I think those things were purely made. And I talked about this last year. Doug Peterson put him in positions to fail. Like he didn't put his quarterback in a position to succeed. He put his quarterback in a position to fail, and he failed gloriously. Hmm. At that, he failed with some thunder to it, to say the least. Like he failed epically. Yeah, there's there's something to be said that Carson Wentz on plays he changed at the line had a seventy percent completion rate. In plays that Doug Peterson called and were passing plays, he had a sub forty percent completion rate. Like that is insane. Like that is a coaching staff just setting you up for failure, and that is not something he's going to have to deal with in Indy because guess what Indy loves to do, and guess what they're they're good at. Run the ball. So hmm. guess what you don't have to worry about? A lot of throwing interceptions because you're going to run the ball 30,000 times. And is there a more quarterback-friendly offense to play in, arguably, too? Just the way they call things. Everything's short. It's quick. It's precise. Frank Reich, a former backup quarterback, too. He knows how to play quarterback. He knows how to make it simple. I mean, he's had four different quarterbacks in four years, and they've all been able to be somewhat successful. I'd say there's, there's, there's two. I'd say Cleveland is a pretty quarterback-friendly offense now with Stefanski exactly. in charge. So like but I also think two, again three. the same the same guy we're going to talk about here shortly still has the number one hmm. easiest quarterbacking job of them all. Exactly. Uh, like as far as teams that needed a quarterback though, like it doesn't get any easier than. Oh this. yeah, no. This is this is the perfect spot. Any if it had been him or Sam Darnold, they're going to look good in this Colts offense. And it's heck if they would have grabbed a rookie, you could have seen who knows any of those rookies really. I mean, whether they traded up for Justin Fields or any of those guys, they'd be like, oh, thank goodness, thank goodness, I don't have to go to a mess like Joe Burrow did. I get to go to this. All right, like I, I guarantee if they were looking for a quarterback in the draft, all those guys would have been raising their hand like, please pick me, please pick me. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the same conversation. Honestly, it breaks down the same conversation we had about Baker. Can we get? game management quarterback not superhero quarterback that's all the Colts need give me a game manager to hit the open routes to, to make the right decision you're gonna win every game because you have x factors all over that team and then you now and last year we saw Philip Rivers he was the least not just a non-mobile quarterback the least mobile quarterback in the game and his arm was he's never had an elite arm but last year you could tell it was pretty much shot like he would he was he won those games because he's that literally that smart and that gangster basically. Philip Rivers begins the season healthy as the slowest quarterback, mm. and then he got injured around week six or seven, and it continued throughout the rest of the year, making him the slowest offensive player in the <laughs> league. <laughs> the slowest player in the league. Yeah, like not just slowest quarterback. No, no, slowest everywhere, all over the positions. King Kong ain't got nothing on him as far as running slow. Like that's, it was that bad. And he, he was still successful. That team was still a playoff team. And they're a couple good play calls at the end of the playoff game away from, from advancing in the playoffs. So exactly. And when I was against my list too, I'm going to basically go the opposite way. I'm going to go top to bottom. Since we're on the Colts, I have them finishing 12 and five. So a little bit lower five and one, I say they split with the Titans, but beat everybody else. I have them winning the division. 
everything we basically said, you kind of covered it. Top 10 defense, but one of the best running attacks in the game. Solid receivers that they can stay healthy. And on top of that, you mentioned you bring in Carson Wentz, like all those things he had last year. They said the same thing about Philip Rivers the year before, where he threw 20 interceptions, 23 and 20, I think it was, with a better skill, quote unquote, skill players around him with the Chargers. Then he came in Indy last year, it was like 27 and six or 27 and eight with 4,000 yards. You bring in Carson Wentz, who is younger, who's not 40, with similar woes, I guess you could say, but he's more athletic, a stronger arm, and he's in his physical prime with the guy that he respects and respects him. And just listen, literally, as soon as he got hurt, everybody is panicking or when he got the surgery. So now you know they believe in him. That's going to do a lot for your mental confidence, which they talk about. Is he mentally fragile? Well, that's out the door here in Indy. That's not going to be a problem here, basically. Yeah. So you can, if, if that is an issue, if, if he's quote unquote mentally fragile, like they said, you can cross that off the imaginary list of the concerns when he's in Indianapolis because they've put all the faith in him so far. They literally didn't even consider bringing another quarterback during that thing as well, too. Like everyone's that, like, get Nick Foles. They're like, no. That one move right there, I think if the Colts go on to have a fantastic season where they do finish top of the AFC, win the AFC South, potentially make it all the way to AFC championship game, maybe a Super Bowl, that single move will be the moment that that team came together. I can already call it. I, I, you can see the writing on the wall that that coaching decision, that managerial decision, put all their eggs in the right basket because that gave Carson the one thing he's never had since that Super Bowl season, even the first half of that Super Bowl season or his potential MVP season, which was confidence in him. And, and that's, that's where that all went away. I mean, that injury and then the second injury in the Super Bowl season, I mean, it was just, he has not had, nobody's had confidence in him. So I think that one decision you're exactly right is he. And then what, what I'll say too, is if we look at his career, we cross out the outliers like last year, the outlier for worse, much worse. The outlier of that Super Bowl slash MVP season yeah, in 2017, cross that out. In the middle, he's averaging like 28 touchdowns and seven interceptions at 4,000 yards and like 60 something percent completion. Like that's not that's an above average quarterback. It's like we talked about Baker, honestly, too. But then he adds in a little bit more ability and a pretty similar arm strength as well, too. So, I mean, that's just what the Colts need and with the way this team is built as well, too. So, I mean, if you're putting Baker Mayfield on this Colts team, that Colts team is winning 12 and five, just like he would with the Browns. So if you take away his outliers, the Carson, there you go. So I have them going 12 and five as well, too. Similar to you winning the division. I have the Titans right behind them at 11 and six. I actually had them tied at 11 and six until the report that Carson Wentz and Quinn Nelson on track to be ready week one, which means even if they're not ready week one, they'll be back by like week two, week three. So it's not like they're going to be at risk missing those first five, six games of that killer early stretch. So they could reasonably go two and three, maybe even three and two during those five games, something like that. It's not a risk of going 0 and five. The risk is a lot lower if those guys are able to come back early, which means the back end of that schedule when you play the Jacksonvilles, the Houstons, and then the NFC West, the other NFC West teams too, the lower half of those with the Cardinals and the 49ers, you're able to go on a run down the back end. So that's why I have the, that's why I actually have the Colts going 12 and five and the Tennessee Titans at 11 and six. They still are going to split with the Colts. They're going to go both. They're going to split with each other, and unfortunately, the Titans are just going to lose one more game because the Colts will be healthy throughout. Basically, these two were flip-flopped until just recently. Jacksonville, I'm going 5-12. and 12. Trevor Lawrence will win some games. I don't trust Urban Meyer. Travis Etienne is the swing player, still kind of wasn't the best first-round pick, the second first-round pick. I like Tyson Campbell. They got the good Georgia corner, so that's nice. I, they have some playmakers on defense. You never know. Maybe they do actually steal one from when Indy comes to Jacksonville, as they've done for like the last five years. Maybe that still happens again. We'll see. And I think Jacksonville, there is talent there and they are building. 
but there's still a ways to go. And you have two playoff caliber teams in that division as well, too. So I'll hold off on them a little bit. And you also have to play the NFC West with that deep division as well, too. So I think Jacksonville will be on the uprise, but I don't trust Urban Meyer and the coaching staff, honestly. I think if you gave them a better coaching staff, maybe they can get you to seven or eight with Trevor Lawrence if he's that dude that everyone says he is. But I'm just, eh, yeah, we'll wait and see. I think they're, they're still building. And Houston, I'm just going to keep this quick. They were a mess with Deshaun last year. They were the third worst team in the league and gave the Dolphins a third pick in the draft. They got worse. So even if Deshaun plays, like everyone says, like he might play, I still am going 0-6 in the division and like 4-13. and Maybe he wins a main. If he doesn't play, Davis Mills comes in. Nothing really changes. Maybe they win less games. They're not. I don't see how they can win more than four games, honestly. I just – I can't find a way how. You got worse, so how do you win more games? Yeah, no, I mean, you're exactly right. Look, I I had him at 3-14. and 14. You have him at 4-13. Four, four and 13. Like, we're exactly almost identical pages with, when it comes to the Texans. Um, and, and, you know, the Jaguars, I'm right there with you, too. I just – Urban Meyer is my big question mark at the end of the day. So – I, uh, look, the AFC South is it's top. Is heavy. it gonna is it gonna be a clash of the Titans or will it be Colt fortified? That's kind of the question. You're like, it feels like it's between those two teams at the top as well, too. Who's gonna come out and which team could stay healthy is what it feels like at this point. We're gonna change our podcast name to Dad Jokes R Us. Uh, oh, that's already that's like the under tag. That's like that's the LLC <laughs> at this point. That's our that's our metadata tag. If anybody <laughs> uh wants to go check that out. <laughs> no, that's like you, you know, you're exactly right though. Uh, dad jokes aside, it is, uh, definitely, definitely those two teams. And then everybody else, it seems like, uh, sorry if you're a Jaguars fan, if you think we're, 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 we're giving it to your team, it's because they're just not there yet. And if you're a you Texans fan, well, to... you already understand. Yeah. Texans fans, you don't even need an explanation. You're saying, thank you for combining for seven wins between the two of us. They're happy in that right? Jaguars fans. You'll be fine. Also, okay. if you're a Texans fan, don't buy any jerseys this season because no. odds are nobody on the team currently will be on the team next year. I like Brevin Jordan, the tight end that got of Miami. That's it, though. I wouldn't buy his jersey either. That's a, that's about all I got for you. So we talked about dad jokes. Now it's probably the dadliest player left in the game in the NFC South. That's where yeah. we're heading off to next. Exactly. That is the NFC South. You talk about Tom Brady. Obviously, Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers and this NFC South. Uh, obviously, there were two old heads in this division. Well, three old heads. Now there's only two, and that is Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Obviously, NFC South brought to you by Swift Lifestyles, which must be what Tom Brady is drinking because it is the healthiest energy drink out there. Uh, it is the one of the only clean fuel energy drinks out there. Be sure to check it out, SwiftLifestyles.com. And while you're there, type in Hilo Sports in the coupon code. You get 15% off of your purchase. So, not as well, right? And, you know, they're, they're it's the worst that could happen. I mean, you don't like it. You saved it. You didn't spend full price on it anyway. You will like it, but it's worth a try. Exactly. And the two main flavors are fantastic. Bubblegum and Blue Raz. Who doesn't love bubblegum? Who doesn't love Blue Raz? It actually tastes like bubblegum. It's better than bazooka bubblegum. It lasts longer. It tastes like bazooka, but it lasts longer than bazooka bubblegum. Don't believe me. It's an an explosion of flavor. You'll love it. Exactly. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, and then once we get our own flavor, yeah, that's, that's all we need. Exactly. But, so, so, DJ... This is going to be an interesting division, I feel like, from top to bottom. You obviously have the Super Bowl champs. 
I don't know what else to say about this division. You get Sam Darnold. You have the questions in the New Orleans. You have Matt Ryan with a brand new head coach. This is a whole whole crazy division. Exactly. So we'll I'll go ahead and get this one kicked off. We'll start at the bottom. I have the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to go four and thirteen. They're going to be terrible. They're going to go zero and six in the division. Matt Ryan's going to try. He's going to try really hard, but there's not a lot he can do there. You don't have Julio Jones anymore. I do like Calvin Ridley. I think he's going to still be a star this year. Uh, Russell Gage is, I guess, who else you have? I mean, who else? I mean, you did bring in Kyle Pitts, the ultimate versatile weapon with no offensive line. He'll Kyle Pitts will look great with Arthur Smith. That'll look fun. But it's not going to result in a lot of wins. Your defense is uh, Deion Jones and a Louis Con. That's about all. And Grady Jarrett sometimes. Like, the corners, there's some work. To, I mean, Isaiah Oliver, eh, not so much. I mean, A.J. Terrell, he had some moments. But you have no – there's just not a lot to root for for Atlanta. They couldn't decide if they wanted to be competitive or if they wanted to rebuild, and they split it down the middle, getting rid of Julio Jones and all that. They they did a really bad job of this with this honestly and i think it's going to culminate this year at 4 and 13 the dirty birds are going to have a dirty record and not in a good way it's going to be really really rough for them not a lot to celebrate in hotland this year that super bowl hangover still kicking in yeah i mean at this point in time you're only going to falcons games for the super fancy stadium the super cheap beer and super cheap hot dogs or to watch the away team really i mean because whoever's coming into town you're like okay i want to see them play you're not really going to see atlanta maybe you see kyle pitts back wow that is really a human being i don't understand and and you don't don't forget they do have still some of the dopest jerseys in the league. So that's also something. That at least if you guys don't have that black red fade yet, if you're a Falcons fan, you are sorely missing out on a quality jersey. You are not a Falcons fan if that is the case, then, or you are just or you have some self loathing issues. That is the only way to describe it this point. And that brings me up to the third team in the division. I have the Panthers. Even with Sam Darnold, I still think they're going to go five and twelve. I still just. There's just a lot of games that are tough for them to win, especially in this division as well, too. I think Sam's going to look good. I think to the point they might even pick up his fifth-year option or give him another year. I don't think it's going to be that bad. I mean, the offensive line is a work in progress. They still have some work to do. You'll have CMC if he can stay healthy. DJ Moore is still nice. I mean, Robbie Anderson was fantastic last year. I think offensively they're going to have some moments. They're going to look good. I think it's going to be the same issue they had last year is just closing and winning those games. And I don't think Sam Darnold – and Teddy Bridgewater, there's not a big enough gap this year. Sam Darnold probably wins some games that Teddy wouldn't have won, but he'll probably lose some games that Teddy didn't lose. I like what they're doing on defense. That defense is probably a year away from being top 10. J.C. Horn, Davion Nixon in the draft, adding to Derek Brown, Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin. Uh, they have another oh, – I can't remember his name, the linebacker as well too. Like They have they have players all over the place. Like they, That defense is going to be good as well. Dante Jackson, even at corner. like It's going to be good. I think it's just a year away as well, too. They're well on their way. Just It's not quite there yet, especially when you have Tampa Bay in your division and the, and the teams you're playing. It's just it's going to be tough sledding for them for, to get too many more wins this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's – this Shaq team Thompson, is, that was the linebacker is, I was thinking of, by the way. What? Shaq Thompson, that was the linebacker. I couldn't think of his name. Quality, quality linebacker, but no, this exactly team, like he's fantastic. I mean, he's they're they're going to be good. They're just not going to close a lot of games. Yeah, and that's that's be the question. Can can Sam Darnold avoid the ghosts? And he exactly, and I think some of those games the ghosts will catch him. Other games he will win. That's Teddy Bridgewater wouldn't have won, but it's going to somehow split down the middle, and they're still going to probably be picking in the top ten next year somewhere in that area. But that defense, I think there's going to be a lot of promise. I think there's going to be some playmakers. I think maybe next year, depending on what they do in the draft in the offseason, could be a team to look out for next year. Spoiler alert for uh, 2022. Maybe maybe one of us goes out of the limb for the Panthers ahead of time. We'll see. But it is not this year. And that will move on to the second team in the division. I have the New Orleans Saints. I have them going eight and nine. 
it's not very good, more or less, because I think they beat the Panthers and the Falcons, then steal a couple other wins here and there. I don't know who's playing quarterback. If it's Taysom Hill, Sean, he has some good things he could do with running the ball. It's Sean Payton's weird love affair with him. It'll be weird. I don't know how I feel about it. Alvin Kamara is still one of the best running backs in the game. Get They should give him the ball virtually every play. Mike Thomas, that thing's a mess right now. I don't even know how to, what to take of that. So their offensive line is still good. The defense is still really good as well, too. Marcus Williams, if Marshawn Lattimore plays, Cameron Jordan, Quan Alexander, Demario Davis. They got players on the defense. They'll still win some games, but this isn't the Saints of last year that look like they're going to steamroll people or the year before where Drew Brees was arguably an MVP candidate. Like there's, this is a whole another Saints team and they're going to struggle a little bit this year. Jameis Winston plays. I think that's for the better, but it still doesn't lead to more than eight wins this year. They're, they basically have to rebuild right now with no cap space, even though they finagle it to make it work. They need to find a way to rebuild and, I'm just not sure about it this year, especially when you have to deal with who's going to finish at the top of this division, Tampa Bay. I have them going 14 and three top seed in the NFC six and zero in the division. You mentioned Tom Brady is the quarterback job. Not only is he great as it is, but he also has the easiest quarterback job in the league with everything he has around him. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, and now OJ Howard coming back. Cameron Brate, Leonard Fournette, Tristan Worson, a solid offensive line, Shaq Barrett and that defense. Like it's, Tom Brady could be absolutely terrible. This team would probably win 10 games. And the fact that he's Tom Brady on top of it, they're probably going to win 14, and he's probably going to have a really great season as well, too. I just – there's no other way to really around this. I feel like anyone who doesn't pick Tampa Bay to win this division is either A, a hater, or B, they're a fan of the other team irrationally. It's just – it's it feels impossible to pick against them at this point unless Tom Brady gets hurt or so there's dramatic injuries. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> we talked about it in the in, in, with, with the easiest quarterback job. It's – it is literally Tom Brady, and then there's a gap, and then it's Carson Wentz as the next best, like, easiest quarterback job, and then it's everybody else. Like, and really Baker's up there, too, as well. Too. We'll, we'll throw Baker at the Carson Wentz, too. Like, we'll right, put them enough, yeah. But, yeah, so, same thing. Like, the point is, being the quarterback for Tampa Bay this year is already the easiest job in the game. And then on fact, you factor in the fact that it's Tom Brady, so he's going to make it even easier because he's that good. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be surprised if they go, like, 16-1, and one, honestly. I just feel like there's going to be some games they slack off. No, I mean, you're exactly right. This team is returning 22 starters. That's, I think, all that needs to be said. Returning 22 starters, and they got better. And they're returning, like, what, 25 contributors? Because, like, Scotty Miller and those guys are coming back, too. Like, my goodness, it's not, it's, it's, un, it's unbelievable. And bringing in Jordan Tryon in the first round of the draft. He's been pretty good. He's a really nice player. So their pass rush, even more ridiculous. How great. The rich get richer. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, look, since we're already talking about the Bucks, I'll go ahead and, my top seed, obviously the Bucks. I'm going 11 and six though. Uh, oh, okay, so you think they slack off a little bit more often than I did? I think at the end of the season, it's very much a, all right, guys, we know what to prepare for. Tom Brady's an old man. Um, let's just uh, rest this one out. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Kyle, Kyle Trask, mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna you got this kid, Blaine Gabbert, maybe help him out a little bit. It's going to be a bunch of second stringers the last three or four games. I had actually had them starting the season at nine and one. So, uh, I mean, literally can just walk away with this division at that point in time. You're fine. Uh, you, no so you worries. think they just don't even go for the number one seed. They just kind of relax basically to the point of, all right, we're not risking it. We're going half. We're going half. You know what? The rest of the way, not even once the playoffs are clinched, they don't care about seeding. Exactly. Like This team is insane. Just from top to bottom. The only way the, only way this Buccaneers team doesn't do well in the regular season is if every one of their offensive line go down 
including two backups who hmm. are still pretty good. If Tom Brady just decides he wants to retire midway through the season and your running back core just decides they don't want to play anymore. But let's not forget Leonard Fournette's changing back to number seven again. And that Leonard Fournette was scary. Number seven, Leonard Fournette is a top five running back in the league. If he ever existed in the league. So well, this is going to be absolutely terrifying with number seven, Leonard Fournette. Exactly. So like the Buccaneers, yeah, 11 and six top of their division. Easy said uh, done at number two. I'm with you also in this one, the New Orleans Saints. I have them nine and eight, though. And the reason why is because they start the season with this whole idea that Taysom and Jameis are going to coexist peacefully. Oh, you think they're going to do the two quarterback system? Every time. And it's to a fault, like 50 50, not even just a little bit. Between Sean Payton and Taysom Hill just doesn't make sense. It's going to become very clear very fast that Jameis Winston is the right choice. I actually have Jameis Winston putting up yards this season, close to 4,000-plus 4, yards this season. He's going to look good with his new eyes that he can actually see downfield. Do you and think Michael Thomas – how do you think that thing plays out, though? He's going to miss a few weeks in the season. Do you think he comes back and is able to produce, or is it going to look like last year where it's like, meh? He's still, he's still slant boy. He's still Mike Thomas. He's still the Jordan athlete that gets the gold shoes on Madden. He is <laughs> still a dude that you're afraid of. Yes, the slant boy thing is kind of a dig from some people, but you know what? There's only few. There's only three corners that have ever stopped him consistently enough, and that's Carlton Davis and two superstars. So hmm. it's okay. You'll deal with that. The one one of them being Jalen Ramsey, obviously being the other. You know, so I, you know, th- there's three guys out there that have ever stopped and dealt with Michael Thomas, and that had the right to say slant boy, Yair Alexander, Jalen Jalen Ramsey, and. And now Carlton Davis got, got the opportunity to, but uh, yeah, look, it's, it'll be all right. James will look good, but also don't be surprised if we see a little bit of Ian book dropping in this New Orleans Saints team. You talk about the love affair of Taysom Hill, but you also have the passing ability of a Jameis who did pre pre eye surgery. So throws a lot of picks, but he does have an arm. So you might see a little Ian book in there just to test the waters, see how that goes, but it's going to be Jameis show. And that's why they're going to go nine and eight. I do have him over 500. Um, but they don't, they don't make the playoffs at the end of the day. Their defense obviously looks good. Offense looks good, but quarterback, you need a quarterback to win in the NFL. Like I'll throw this out there real quick before you go forward. If they just say, screw it, Jameis is our guy week one. Taysom Mills going to be in that limited role, even more limited than he was last year. Like even, even less than that where it's like maybe goal line packages and the occasional like third and one, almost to Kobe Brissett, like what he was last year's designated QB sneaker read option guy, basically. Do they get more wins that way, or is it pretty much nine and eight regardless? I think it's nine and eight regardless. Uh, I just think it's that I think that's the cap for this team. Um, they might steal a game and maybe go ten and seven, but at nine and eight feels pretty mm-hmm. comfortable with this team. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best best case scenario is nine and eight. Worst case scenario, seven and ten um, for this team, and uh, it's it's because when you look at it, you get four guaranteed wins. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, Carolina. I'm sorry, Atlanta. You have four guaranteed wins, though, New Orleans. Don't mess it up. Um, that, if, you yeah. can st- if you can steal one from Tampa late, steal that one. Then you have five wins. Getting to seven wins is only two games away, and it's very possible with their schedule. But, yeah, New Orleans is, uh, you know, just get a quarterback. That's that's all I ask at this point. Just get a quarterback. Um, but number three, team with a brand-new quarterback, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Six and 11 Carolina Panthers. Uh Sam Darnold, look, it's he's not going to be seeing the same ghost that he saw in 
in in New York, but you know what? He's still going to be seeing some ghosts because this offensive line isn't totally put together yet. It's still there. Like it still has some holes. Matt Rule is still working on getting it together. CMC, obviously him returning. He's a fantastic player, but I have questions. Namely, can he stay healthy all season? I honestly don't think he does. I think he checks out for some of the season as well, which opens the door for a running back I talked about when he came out of college as one of the underrated ones, and that's Chuba Hubbard, or technically Chuba Hubbard, however you want to say it. It's Chuba Hubbard, dang it. Hmm. It, it sounds better that way. Chuba. Exactly. And he is going to come in, and he's going to chew up a lot of yardage for this team, and it's it's going to look good. I mean, really, he's going to look good. And I think if he goes to another team where he is a guy that gets more burn early on that doesn't take an injury, I think he could be one of those guys, maybe a maybe not rookie of the year, but a guy that they talk about in that regard too, almost like we saw with J.K. Dobbins last year, something like that, like a guy who could get some carries down the stretch more often. Maybe he'd be able to put up some really nice numbers and, and it wouldn't take CMC going down. So I like that pick. I like Chuba Hubbard as well too. I think he's going to be really good. Exactly. But you said everything about this defense. I mean, I can't say more about this defense. It is fantastic. Young, up-and-coming, quality defense. Last year, my defensive rookie of the year. And Jeremy Chin, uh, Derek Brown is obviously hmm. a guy that is uh, absolutely terrifying. Who I'm a big fan of. Brian Burns is fantastic. Shaq Thompson, you said it. I mean, fantastic there as well. Uh, you know, you also have Jay Z Horn out there, just sneaking his way out on the wing, hmm. just afraid. You know, and nobody really wants to throw it his way. And it's in a division where he could get a couple picks and, and, and look really good this season. Um, so this team has a lot going for it. And as you mentioned, Davion Nixon, who I think is possibly one of the steals of the draft fifth round pick and he was a first round quality player uh and you know if you don't believe us go check our top 50 board where we had Davion Nixon he was he was a first maybe second round pick he was in, in the 30s eyes. like he was he was up there like we thought he could have gone to maybe the Bucks at the end of the first round something like that too seeing him drop to what was at the fifth round was very very shocking too so I mean I think that's going to be a, you're gonna have some stalwarts in the middle for a long time with him and Derek Brown yeah like, good luck running halfback dive want to try to run up the middle on so that then takes me to the fourth spot, a team that has zero running game, and that is the Atlanta Falcons. You talk about a team where Chuba Hubbard would have been would have looked good on. Atlanta Falcons, he would have been a great fit for this team. But I have them finishing three and fourteen because they have no running game. It's just that simple. No offensive line of uh, limited receivers, but you have a versatile weapon to tight end and Kyle Pitts and an aging quarterback and uh, no defense. You also lose Keanu Neal. And that, that does hurt. I know he is not the same safety he once was in his career, but he still hurts losing. I mean, he's 26, uh, so, I mean, it's not like he was wearing down to just injuries or catching him. I mean, it's like, yeah, that that's a, that's a big loss. Yeah, you have two corners that are second and third year now corners, I believe. Uh, and yeah, can you get production out of them? I don't know. Um, you know, obviously, Deion Jones looks great. He's still Deion Jones, but can he have those performances that you need from him? Uh, down low, Marlon Davidson. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, he, if he can even get playing time this year, we'll see if he even plays. Um, and and that's that's Grady Jarrett, I guess, is is who you have your hang your hat on right there. Hopefully, he does well in the middle to get through three wins. I don't know. Um, and then the offense. I mean, you you talked about Russell Gage as their number two option. And it was funny. I think it was PFF or somebody had that that as one of the big storylines coming into the season was Russell Gage will prove that he's a he's a number two production guy. And I I don't see it. I do not see him being a number two guy in Atlanta. Calvin Ridley 
is a number one on all teams. And now he gets to be the number one. The problem is there's no number two to do what he got to do. And you don't have a Julio doing what he gave you the credit to do. Like the reason why Cal really got to eat so much is because Julio took so much eyes on him, took so much game planning. Calvin Ridley was left to just do his own thing and people realize it too late. And that Calvin Ridley is actually a good, is great at getting open. And he has great hands. I don't think he's going to put up enough as uh, the same amount of production, but I do think he'll look good. I just, this team is going to basically ride its hopes on Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts getting into the end zone some way, shape or form. There's going to be some crazy things happening on this offense. And on top of that, this offensive line got uh, even worse, which I didn't think was possible. Um, and yeah, you don't have a running game still. I, I just, when you there's... bring in Arthur Smith as your head coach, a guy who turned that Titans into a balanced fortified offense. Now you have no running game and you have no balance. Like the things he's able to do great in Tennessee. The only thing that carries over is you have a great athletic tight end really. Cause he yeah. was, a, he was able to do with John o. Smith. He could do that with Kyle Pitts, but that's it. No yeah, running game to bootleg off of nothing. No, it is. It's, it's, it is a struggle for this team going forward. Uh, if you're Atlanta, obviously the Panthers are close to getting that, like, they're not far off. Obviously, that defense is much further ahead of their offense um, in, in Carolina. That, like, that offense, it looks good. DJ Moore's still there. Obviously, he's still fantastic. Robbie Anderson's still great. Still looked good last year uh, with Teddy throwing to him. I think Darnold, with Matt Rule, he will have a chance to do well. I just don't know how much of a chance. You look at these just two cellar dwellers, and you're just kind of like, all right, you guys are, are fighting to try to get to 500, or just above, just around 500, will you be the 450 mark or will you be the 650 mark around the win percentages? Will you be seven and nine? Or are you going to be nine and seven? Or sorry, seven and eight or, or nine and eight or eight and nine? Jeez, the 17 game schedule is throwing hmm. me off. But, uh, you know, that's that's kind of how I look at it. Like, they're fighting for that and that's about the peak they can get. Whereas the I Saints do. and the Bucks have a chance to get double digit wins pretty consistently. I will say, I, I feel a lot better about beating the Panthers because I feel like once you just let Tampa Bay kind of get older, like maybe next year, you get a little bit better too. One more year of being not quite there. Carolina, I do think is a team to look out for next year, especially if they're like, you know what, Donald, if he shows, he could be that guy. Kind of like we saw with Tannehill. We saw glimpses of it. He just needed a change of scenery. Maybe with Carolina, it's just that change of scenery. And then next year, once they get a little more around him, he's like, all right, I'm ready to destroy everybody now. Thank you. And CMC can stay a little healthy with Chuba Hubbard. Like, I think Carolina is not too far off, but – this year's Tampa Bay squad is not taking any prisoners, I think. And New Orleans, they're going to – they still got just enough to prove a point. So maybe if you put Carolina in, like, the NFC East, who we'll be talking about next week, maybe they're in contention for a wild card – or not a wild card, but the division title, honestly. I just think they're not getting any favors in the NFC South along with that schedule as well. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, look, you're exactly right with the Buccaneers. Let's just talk about this defense for the Buccaneers for a second. You have four linebackers on this team that you could probably say are top 15. All four of them. Like that's including your rush ends, and, and and that's that's insane to think about. I mean, you saw what they did in the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs. That's a terrifying team. I, I mean, let's just look at it too. You might have the best two bookends as far as pass rushers in the game, like the best duo of pass rushers, depending on how you go about it. Like arguably top two or three. Then you might have the best two off-ball linebackers, two of the top five off-ball linebackers in the game, in Levante David and Devin White. Like you have two sets of two linebacker duos in completely different roles, but are still top five which is absolutely flabbergasting. I don't even know how else to describe it. It's absolutely ridiculous. They could run like a two, four, two, four, five, like nickel formation with Vita Vea and whoever else they want on the defensive line. I mean, last year's no Dominican Sue. They could bring him back. Like they could use him. They could do whatever they want. Maybe try on as well. 
you can realistically have so many pass rushers on the field at the same time and then just let Devin White run around in the middle. And there's nothing you can do about it. Do you remember the old Green Bay uh, monster lineup where they used to just stand everybody up? That 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 was really one of the big first ones that did it. Where they just yeah, like Aaron Campman was the one that looked. Aaron Campman was the one that looked weird because he was so giant. He was a typical three down lineman at 300 pounds. But seeing him stand up, it's like, well, hold on now. Yeah, and BJ Raji doing the same thing, just standing up in the middle. Like you're just like, whoa, 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 this doesn't look right. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it worked so well. And that was, I mean, that was a team that won a Super Bowl. So. Like- this Tampa Bay team can do a lot of that pre-snap confusion, especially with these young quarterbacks with Taysom Jameis and Sam Donald. They're going to just be like, what is this? And then suddenly, you know, Devin White's bullet, like blur four, three self is flying across the place. It makes, and that secondary is still pretty good too. I mean, like that's still a pretty good secondary. Like it's, I don't see how this team is not one of the favorites throughout the regular season. I just can't see how they're not. No, I mean, they should be somebody at, at least, at least a division winner, potentially an NFC champion as well. Um, but I, I, like they, they need to be a favorite. Some might say they party too hard. I mean, let's be honest. They're, they're tight ends by themselves. We talk about the Browns tight ends. Their tight ends are pretty good too. I mean, they kept Cameron bait, right. Whether Gronk returns or, or not. I mean, I guess he's returning supposedly. He's showing up for the playoffs. Cause that's what he does. And they'll score a couple touchdowns in the Super Bowl. That's all you need him for at this point. But then. There's a guy that was injured last year who was their previous starter before both of their in, their their newcomers came in. That's OJ Howard, who is a fantastic young piece. He's going to steal a lot of touchdowns if he stays healthy this year. Tom Brady is going to love throwing it up to that six seven guy that runs like a four six. Like he, that dude's going to take a lot of touchdowns. And Mike Evans about get your butt back on IR so I can get my get my yards now. I'd right, have to share it with Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. I don't need to share it with you too. You know, I, you, I'm glad you brought up Mike Evans because I do have a question about him. There's been a lot of talk this offseason, and I've heard it going both ways. Is Mike Evans an elite-level receiver, or is he just above-average good? He's the seventh-best receiver in the game, in my opinion. So however you want to slice that, like he's not quite like the Devontae Adams or those guys, but he's a notch below them. Like what His production is off the charts. His production, in my opinion, out exceeds his skill set by a little bit, like just a little bit, but I mean, Here's how we'll break down Mike Evans. He got Johnny Manziel picked in the first round of the NFL draft and won a Heisman. That's how we'll describe Mike Evans. That's how good he is. I think he's a little more limited as just that big body down the field jump ball type of guy. Like there's not as much he could do, if that makes sense. Like he's not the pristine route runner. He's not quite as dangerous with the ball in his hands necessarily, but he's so good at those other things. It doesn't even really matter. He's just so physically terrifying and imposing in the red zone, the best red zone receiver in the game possibly. I mean, just too big, too strong. He's a, he's Darren Waller, honestly. He's Darren Waller with a better, with a more, more receiver esque route tree skill set sort of thing. He's Darren Waller if you put him on the outside. He's, I have him as like the seventh best receiver in the game. So he's right there in the top 10. Chris Godwin's not far behind. Like maybe not the top, maybe he probably won't ever be an all pro receiver, but he's a perennial pro bowler guaranteed. I mean, eight 1,000 yard seasons to start his career, never been done before. That kind of speaks for itself as well, too one of the premier deep threats and he's not even that fast, which is absolutely crazy. That's a good point. You know, and then the, the Johnny Manziel one, I can, I can personally attest to witnessing that with my own two eyes that yes, he made Johnny Manziel's Heisman. Don't get me wrong. Johnny Manziel, fantastic job himself, but, but Mike Evans definitely didn't hurt at all to have out there. You think about that Alabama game, that Heisman moment for Johnny, it was well, a completion to, to Mike Evans in the middle of the field that should have never happened. That really made that game. So. And then the next year when they lost, but he put up pristine numbers, the entire time was screwed. Evans up there somewhere. Like it was, that's the, 
he's fantastic. I have nothing negative to say about him too. Maybe just some of those other guys have a do things a little bit differently and that's where I rank them. But Mike Evans is fantastic. And I guarantee him and Chris Godwin are the big reasons that Tom Brady's in Tampa Bay right now. Oh, no doubt. Now there's the other guy on the, of that trio of receivers that we hadn't talked about yet. Antonio Brown. He's Will. already here. All right. So this is funny. Cause I'm happy you brought this up. Cause there is a thing saying in practice, after he smoked one of the corners, he grabbed a pen and said, give me your and signs of they say here, I'm signing the birth certificate. Cause now I'm your daddy, which means that that is the case. We have old school Antonio Brown back. That was smoking everybody. It, what? That guy was the best receiver in football at one point. And arguably it's and his peak was one of the best receivers we've ever seen. So if you're getting like 80 to 90% of that back as your third weapon, third receiver, Assuming like the egos and everything doesn't get involved and wiggle its way in. What do you do? Like last year, he clearly wasn't quite to that level. I mean, all the time off that sort of thing, coming back, getting in sync mid season. Now you got a full off season as well. On top of that, if you get 85 to 90% of Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown, it's a wrap. You can't stop it. There's no way to stop this team unless Tom Brady implodes. There is no way that's the arguably the best receiver of our generation, not named Calvin Johnson, along with two perennial pro bowlers and a guy like we mentioned with Mike Evans, who's done things nobody else has done start their career and Chris Godwin, who might be a top three to four slot receiver in the game. And he's rarely used in the slot the way he should be. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I, I love that story that you brought that up because that is, I mean, that's quintessential. That is what Antonio Brown has always been about. Like Antonio Brown, AB 84 lighting things up in, in, in Pittsburgh. That's what he's always been about. That whole Antonio Brown Raiders, Antonio Brown's been about that. AB, uh, well, 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 yeah. AB's been kind of the mess. <laughs> yeah, like whatever happened in, in that Raiders move, I hope it's in the past. I hope whatever we see from him on the field is a flashback to Pittsburgh. Obviously, that's that's hoping for a lot because no player is ever the same as they were before. But I think quality-wise, he has the potential to to usurp Mike Evans as their number one option, quote unquote, just on an everyday bet, every, every, every snap balance. And in the back of his head, he's thinking like, all right, I ball up this year one more time, do my thing. He's getting paid. He's going to get a nice contract next season or somewhere else. Someone's going to give him like a two year, $40 million fully guaranteed deal. If he puts up a thousand yards as the third receiver on this team or something like that, or just looks fantastic, even better than it builds off of what he did last year. Someone's going to give him a fat check next year. And he's like, Oh yeah. Guaranteed money. Here's a question. Has there been ever ever been a player that has lost as much money while still playing the game as Antonio Brown? Um, in football, I don't know, but basketball, Dennis Schroeder of recent memory, that's probably <laughs> the one that sticks out. I mean, going from 84 million to 5.9, but I agree with you. Like Antonio Brown's left a lot of money out there with just some of his own shenanigans as well. So that's a good question. I think he might be trying, he might be working to make up for some of that this year as well, too. So look out NFL. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for us today. Obviously, that is the NFC and AFC South. Uh, very interesting takes on both sides. We kind of have run down the same way with this. And that's because both of these divisions are top-heavy. Uh, there's no other way to put it. They are top-heavy than everybody else. Still kind of trying to find themselves. Um, young, growing team on both sides. AFC has one. NFC has one. But then you have that other team that just is. It just doesn't look good. Uh, DJ, you actually had both of them going 4-13. and 13. I have both of them going 3-14. and 14. So <laughs> it's interesting how that worked out. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be rough for the bottom halves of both of these divisions, to say the least. It's gonna be really rough. Absolutely. So as always, guys, if you haven't checked us out already, if you haven't if you haven't given us your opinion, if we think we messed up, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram. 
Uh, tell us what we got wrong. Tell us what we got right. Maybe you don't like anything you said and you have your own list. Let us know because we're willing to talk about it. We love we, we love doing these rankings for you guys. Uh, still to come, obviously, that's three out of four. We still have the Eastern side of the thing. NFC East, AFC East coming on the next episode. As always, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, we have that brand new partnership, the merger between Unhinged and Belly Up Sports. Unhinged powered by Belly Up Sports Radio. And you can catch us there every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, followed by the Craft Brood Sports. And that comes on at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And then as always, we are on all sorts of platforms. That's Spreaker, Spotify, Apple, you name it. We're there. Link is in our link tree, as always, guys. But stay tuned for next week. NFC East, AFC East coming at you. And for DJ, I'm Kelsey. We'll be seeing you Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.